0: President Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil is easily one of the most controversial leaders in Latin America right now. Long criticized for his policies on the environment, indigenous rights, and COVID, Bolsonaro is now charged with violating human rights before the International Criminal Court. What do these charges mean for Bolsonaro? And what effect could they have on Latin America's largest country? From the School of Diplomacy at Seton Hall University, this is The Global Current. I'm your host, Eric Butts. With me today are two fellow Seton Hall students. Covering the situation within Brazil is Sweta Parthasarathy. Hey, Sweta. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on. And focusing on international reactions and events is Liam Brecker Casey. Hey, Liam.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Liam, can you give us a brief overview of what is, who is Bolsonaro? Uh, what's his background and how he came into power?
1: Yeah, so Jair Bolsonaro is the kind of current president of Brazil. He is politically fairly right wing, specifically, you know, some would say a populist right wing um, leader. He has a background in the Brazilian military and what makes him most controversial, or, or one of the things that make him most controversial, is his support in many ways for the military dictatorships of the past in Brazil. And he conducts himself very, uh, very brashly. It's not a perfect comparison, but definitely in the U.S. context, it would be somewhat fair to say Bolsonaro is uh, very Trumpian. Yeah. He, yeah. He shoots from the hip a lot, at least in how he talks. Um, And a lot of his statements are are quite brash and quite controversial. And politically, he has made many opponents and has drawn a lot of criticism.
0: Yeah, so kind of this charismatic, so to speak, uh, brash, right-wing leader. Shweta, can you give us a little more idea about some of the other criticisms of Bolsonaro. Liam mentioned his support for the military and uh, homophobia and sexism. Can you go more into that?
2: Yeah, so he's been accused uh, on multiple occasions of sexism and homophobia. So in the past, he has talked about other Congress congresspeople um, that he's worked with um, in terms of sexism, that he's basically said that the congresswomen that he's worked with did not deserve to be raped because they weren't attracted to him and he wasn't attracted to them. <laughs> and uh, on multiple occasions, he has made comments about people who worked under him who identified as gay or were part of the LGBTQ community in any way. So those have those have all been kind of instances where he has been accused of being sexist and homophobic. And like Liam said, that's very reminiscent of the accusations that Trump has faced in the U.S.
0: yeah. And it's also worth noting that, like Bolsonaro has said, what was wrong with the military dictatorship in Brazil in the 80s was that it didn't kill enough people. It only tortured them, and that wasn't good enough. This is just to give you a bit of flavor uh, of this this man's character. But let's turn to, to one specific issue, which has made a lot of headlines recently, and that is COVID, Bolsonaro and COVID. So, Leon, let's start with you just generally speaking, what did Bolsonaro, what what has been the criticism of Bolsonaro on this issue of
1: COVID? So Bolsonaro kind of fits and, and still kind of holds to this role that some leaders around the world took on in the face of the pandemic, which ultimately is characterized by denial of science, opposition to conventional means that are recommended by the scientific community to combat the spread of the virus, to carry out development of medication, of vaccines. He has referred to COVID as a little flu. He said that he wasn't worried about catching the virus because he, I believe, was athletic. So he felt like he would be okay. And ultimately he has spread misinformation about vaccines saying that there could be potential dangers in getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. He's promoted hydroxychloroquine, despite scientific evidence that there is no evidence that um, hydroxychloroquine is effective in the ways that he was Mm -hmm. saying it would be. And there was also a lot of mismanagement in the governmental response to allocating resources. So overall, Bolsonaro, by most accounts, would not receive a very high grade in how he handled the pandemic so far.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 almost easy to laugh at because it sounds so familiar, but of course these uh, these mistakes, these criticisms, they have their their consequences. So, how have these these actions of Bolsonaro during COVID? Uh, what were the stakes? What, what impact did they have on Brazil?
2: So, the biggest impact, um, and certainly the most obvious, is that there were 21 million cases of COVID-19 and more than 600,000 deaths uh, within Brazil alone, and although this is just an estimate, epidemiologists have estimated that 400,000 Brazilians could have been saved had the response to the pandemic been at least average, kind of at the baseline, Mm -hmm. they could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, and, And notably, it, all of this, the pandemic in Brazil disproportionately impacted indigenous people, yeah. um, which is also a big criticism that Bolsonaro has received in the past, um, his yeah. treatment of the indigenous community in Brazil. Um, and there are several ways in which he Bolsonaro was responsible for the impact on indigenous people, so he failed to remove trespassers on indigenous land, which ultimately led to increased co- uh, COVID infections within mm-hmm. tribal populations. Um, And he also allegedly encouraged the infection of tribal populations by essentially forcing COVID positive individuals to interact with indigenous people, even if they were living in isolation. So the impact has, again, been just more death than ever needed to happen in Brazil. Yeah.
0: And what has been the initial reaction domestically from the people of Brazil to this?
2: So there's, of course, been a lot of anger, a lot of frustration at Bolsonaro's mismanagement of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of October of 2021, there were massive protests all around Brazil. Protesters were calling for Bolsonaro's impeachment. And it wasn't just because of, you know, his talking about hydroxychloroquine and not wearing a mask. It was also because of the other effects of his of his treatment of COVID-19, which included inflation, uh, rising inflation, when it came, comes to food mm-hmm. and electricity, which are you know vital to, to survival, and just general frustration with increasing interest rates, poverty, yeah. unemployment, homelessness, all as a result of bolsonaro's mismanagement of CoVID.
0: And you mentioned talk of um, impeachment. I, as I understand it there were some actions taken in the Brazilian Senate. Could you tell us about those?
2: yes so the senate the brazilian senate investigated bolsonaro for his handling of the pandemic and recently uh, published a report which was essentially an informative document that outlined the details of bolsonaro and his administration's alleged criminal actions in relation to the pandemic mm-hmm. and The report recommended the indictment of Bolsonaro and I believe almost 70 other individuals and companies including Mm -hmm. members of his administration. So one of the biggest effects that the Senate report might have is essentially to inform both the public Mm -hmm. and those responsible for investigation and any further legal action. Mm -hmm. And there are several domestic legal actions that could be taken depending on who chooses to further investigate and the people that are responsible for that investigation.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. So uh, but let's turn to the the more international side of the story here. And Liam, that, that's you. What has been the international reaction to Bolsonaro's handling of COVID?
1: I think a lot of onlookers have viewed Brazil with a great deal of dismay. It bears mentioning that of all the countries in the world, the top three uh, Brazil is number three in terms of total deaths that mm. it has suffered due to coronavirus. Obviously, Brazil is not the third biggest country by population.
0: No. Um, so It's a big country, though. It yeah.
1: is a big country, but it's only behind the United States and, and India in terms of deaths, which is pretty alarming. And most would generally say that a large portion of this is due to his mismanagement. Otherwise... Bolsonaro is not unique in his approach, like we mentioned earlier. President Trump, to a certain extent, I would argue not nearly to the same extent, practiced similar uh, resistance to Mm -hmm. uh, scientific consensus and these sorts of things. But certainly uh, across the world, there were plenty of leaders that wanted to downplay the severity of the virus, of the pandemic, uh, promote falsehoods, promote misinformation, Mm -hmm. and ultimately put their citizens at a great deal of risk.
0: Absolutely. So his handling of the crisis has led to a lot of criticism internationally and domestically. Shweta, what are some possible legal remedies that could be taken domestically to start with against Bolsonaro on his handling of covid
2: So, domestically, there are definitely multiple avenues for investigation and future legal action. So, the report uh, that the Senate published is shared with multiple members of the Brazilian government. The issue, though, is that multiple of those members are Bolsonaro's allies. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the prosecutor general was nominated by Bolsonaro to be the prosecutor general so he is definitely Bolsonaro's ally mm-hmm. as well, well as the president of the chamber mm-hmm. who gets to decide whether these charges that were in the senate's report warrant any kind of impeachment proceedings. There are more people that the report will be shared with domestically mm-hmm. uh, like the, the federal police and the IRS who can also in- initiate investigations into Bolsonaro mm-hmm. but primarily the prosecutor general is responsible for the main investigation for the case to go to the Supreme Court and that it, seems somewhat unlikely.
0: So because Bolsonaro has so many allies in key places in the government, it doesn't seem likely that domestic legal action will pre- proceed against him while he's still in power. What about on the international stage and international law? The the ICC, I understand, is a case against him there?
2: So there hasn't officially been a case yet. The Senate did recommend uh, crimes Against Humanity charge, which means the case will automatically be considered by the ICC and considered to be investigated by the ICC. That does not necessarily mean that the ICC will adjudicate the case. Mm-hmm. So, there, yes, there is a potential for international legal recourse, um, although at this point that is also unlikely to have any impact now.
0: Okay. Um,
2: that investigation could take many years to come up with anything.
0: Okay, so limited legal options against him, for now at least. But there, there is still the political fallout aspect of the story. Liam, could you talk a little more about that? Like, even though he, he might not be moved against legally, as you mentioned before, there are a lot of consequences for his, arguably related to his COVID policy. So what is some of the potential political fallout of his handling of COVID?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So because of the uh, investigation, Uh, which was highly publicized. The Brazilian public was well aware of what was going on and watched a lot of the proceedings. This has not been good for Bolsonaro politically. His presidency and and the way that he has handled it has already um, done a lot of damage. There has been a lot of devolution of basically taking responsibility, taking charge of precautions to Mm -hmm. local leaders that wasn't necessarily planned, but ultimately local leaders uh, realized that the federal government, uh, or the central government of Brazil was not going to step up to the plate and actually provide any real solutions. So a lot of the response had to be done at a local level Mm -hmm. on individual school levels, on individual states and municipalities. And the economy has suffered dramatically. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very damaging to Bolsonaro's political prospects in the future. There's an election coming up in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, uh, 2022. Correct. And this does not bode well for his re-election chances.
0: So there's a possible chance that this issue could decrease his chances of being re-elected. That's what you're implying?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Okay. So certainly there's still more fallout on the issue of COVID, and there's a lot to explore there. But there's another whole big issue we have to cover. And that's Bolsonaro and the environment. Brazil is home to the Amazon. Why is the Amazon so important? Well, I'm glad you asked.
1: So the Amazon is a huge um, rainforest, as everyone knows, but that's especially relevant for the safety and prosperity of the entire world because it's a huge carbon sink, which means that if uh, the Amazon rainforest is deforested, that means that there's there's being damage done to an asset that is vital to combating climate change. All of the carbon that is goes into a tree is carbon that's not mm-hmm. contributing to climate change, right? Obviously, that's a simplification, but that's why forestation and deforestation are, are such huge issues. The Amazon just happens to be one of the largest carbon sinks in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so governments around the world have especially highly developed... Yeah. Uh, wealthy nations have taken a keen interest in involving themselves in influencing Brazil and enabling Brazil to yeah. take care of the rainforest.
0: And so we have one of the world's most important climate assets in the hand of President Bolsonaro. Shweta, what are some of Bo- what were and are I guess are some of Bolsonaro's policies towards the environment and, and the Amazon specifically?
2: So, in general, his policies have been to the detriment of the Amazon, to put it mildly. For example, a lot of indigenous people uh, live in the Amazon and in the surrounding areas of the Amazon. Um, and he's implemented policies that benefited his pro-development allies and mm-hmm. allowed them to allowed, uh, multiple corporations to continue deforesting the Amazon, which, again, ties into his treatment of indigenous people as well additionally several of his cabinet appointments are agribusiness supporters all people who have an anti-climate and anti-indigenous people record multiple of them believe that climate change is too politicized and believes that climate one of them the foreign minister believes that climate change is being used by the left to help china uh, as a hoax
0: okay (laughs) um well leaving that out there um what impact has his policies had on the Amazon as a forest and as an Amazon as for a place for the people who live there as well.
2: So in terms of, of the impact on the rainforest itself the biggest thing has been deforestation. There's a lack of a legal framework including legislation itself and the enforcement of any existing legislation to protect the Amazon from any deforestation. Bolsonaro's policies, especially his negligence have led directly to an increase in deforestation within the Amazon. There's been an, an increase of 88% in monthly deforestation rates since Bolsonaro took office in 2019.
0: So let's turn now to the the International Criminal Court, because the, the recent story here is that All Rise, who, who you'll explain in a second, has brought a case against Bolsonaro and the Brazilian government for their policies on the Amazon. Could you go into more detail on this
1: Yeah, so All Rise is a a fairly new nonprofit that has uh, basically lodged a, or filed uh, with the International Criminal Court alleging that Bolsonaro's conduct, uh, specifically relating to the Amazon rainforest, merits charges of crimes against humanity. Mm -hmm. Now, When it comes to the ICC, and what is typically understood as crimes against humanity, because they are enumerated, the conduct of Bolsonaro, while definitely concerning and and, in many ways deplorable, is not a traditional fit for crimes against humanity. Basically, the, the crux of the argument is that his attack on the environment His attack on the rainforest and his attack on indigenous people specifically Mm -hmm. uh, merits wanton destruction and in that way would merit the charge. Yeah. The all rise group doesn't necessarily think that Bolsonaro is actually going to be jailed by the International Criminal Mm -hmm. Court or anything like that. Obviously, world leaders who are demanded by the International Criminal Court often are not extradited um, and do not face trial. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, this is meant as a as a way to garner publicity and awareness for Bolsonaro's treatment of the of indigenous people and his uh, deforestation of the
0: Amazon. OK, so while the case doesn't have the strongest legal grounds to succeed, that might not be Al Rise's desired outcome. There's still. They're looking to gather publicity on the issue, perhaps political pressure, on Bolsonaro. Is that correct?
1: Right. I mean, we're talking about it right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and framing—we <laughs> <laughs> are really clearly all rise. Their intentions are, were have somewhat come to fruition because uh, framing Bolsonaro's destruction and deforestation of the rainforest not only as something that is wrong or immoral, but specifically a crime against humanity. Mm-hmm definitely helps, from their perspective, to kind of reframe it and perhaps give uh, more severity to the situation. Absolutely.
0: So, Schwetze, how has Bolsonaro uh, and Brazil, how have they responded to these claims? Have they just dismissed them or, or what?
2: So, predictably, Bolsonaro and his administration are going into defense mode. Bolsonaro has defended his a record on climate change, uh, his economy minister publicly said at the COP26, the climate change conference <laughs> in Glasgow recently, uh, that they are committed to continuing their climate change initiatives and and responding to the climate change crisis, which, you know, evidence evidence suggests otherwise that they they cannot really commit to that given the current trajectory of their climate change policies, but. Yeah, they're, they've just been defending their policy and their record throughout the, this case.
0: So, you, you brought up COP26. You think that their their pledge to become carbon neutral by 2050 uh, and to end deforestation by 2028. Do you find these pledges credible given their past their, their history?
2: The short answer is no. Uh, given the last two years worth of policies and impacts of those policies that we can see. But even if Bolsonaro was sincere in that pledge and really wanted to commit resources to becoming carbon neutral and, and to end illegal deforestation, it really doesn't seem very feasible to entirely stop illegal deforestation within seven years mm-hmm. and cut back on enough carbon emissions to be carbon neutral in the next 30 years, given what's uh, been going on under his administration for the last two years.
0: Okay. And, Liam, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Simple like that. It doesn't seem feasible, and it doesn't seem credible, given their, their past Bolsonaro's record on the climate. These issues, these, these big issues of the environment and of COVID, and the, more specifically the reaction to them internationally and domestically, do you think they'll have any impact on Bolsonaro's behavior?
1: I'm doubtful. Bolsonaro (laughs) seems like, uh, while he might be somewhat cynical or somewhat strategic, I I don't know that all of his behavior is the most calculating. Um, If it were, it definitely would change his behavior. Clearly, he would have adapted when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic, or he would have done something to assuage concerns about the environment and about deforestation. But I think Bolsonaro is a firm, genuine believer in most of what he says, for better or for worse. And I think that because of that, he's for the most part going to stick to his guns.
0: Okay, Anschwitzer, you agree?
2: I do agree with that, but I, I would add that Bolsonaro, while his behavior might not change, I think it's really going to impact the people of Brazil yeah. and how they view him, and, and honestly, yeah. his re-election chances.
0: Yeah, and his, his, his polling numbers right now are in the 20s, I believe, so perhaps that will be <laughs> the final blow. Okay, that is all we have time for today. Uh, this has been a fantastic discussion. Liam, Shweta, thank you so much for joining us. And joining me now to round out some other headlines this week is our news briefer, Hamza Khan. Hey, Hamza. Hey, Eric.
3: So what are you keeping an eye on this week? So what I'm keeping an eye on this week is the Iraqi Prime Minister has survived an assassination attempt, Nicaragua's President Daniel Ortega wins his fourth term, and Ethiopian rebels have formed an alliance against the government.
0: All right, let's start with that story with the Iraqi Prime Minister.
3: So the Iraqi Prime Minister, Mustafa al-Kadhimi, escaped unhurt after a drone attack on his home, which wounded many members of his personal security forces. So his security, they shot down two drones containing explosives near the Prime Minister's house, but a third was able to hit it. And this comes days after a huge protest in Baghdad against recent elections by pro-Iran groups, alleging fraud that turned violent after the police cracked down, leaving many protesters dead and injured. Okay, so tensions continue in Iraq Yep. And what is happening in Nicaragua? So Nicaragua's president, Daniel Ortega, he has just won his fourth term in Sunday's general election, along with his socialist Sandinista party. Critics like the U.S. have labeled the elections a sham because Ortega jailed many of his political opponents and rivals in the election. And now the U.S. is threatening sanctions against his government, while Ortega is claiming that these allegations are, are false and that they're just attempts by foreign powers to remove him from power some more issues surrounding elections. And finally, once again, we turn to Ethiopia. So yeah, in Ethiopia, a group of opposition forces, uh, they announced the formation of a new alliance aiming to bring down the government of President Abiy Ahmed. The government, they've been embroiled in a year-long civil war against the Tigray People's Liberation Front in the northern region of Tigray. Mm -hmm. And this announcement comes as rebel forces are closing in on Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia. And the government They've called upon all people with military experience to join the fight against them in a desperate move. Uh, Many countries, they've already begun to urge their citizens to leave Ethiopia as the violence worsens. Yeah, a worrying story and one we're covering next week together. Yep. Okay.
0: Hamza, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Pleasure to be here. And that is all we have time for today. Be sure to follow The Global Current on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on upcoming shows. This show would not have been possible without our dedicated crew Executive Producer Jared Dang, Associate Producers Jasmine Dilio and Joaquin Matamis, Technical Producer Chimdi Chukwukare, and Associate Technical Producer Andrew Akulia, and of course, your host, Eric Buntz. The Global Current is brought to you by the School of Diplomacy and International Relations at Seton Hall University. As always, keep it current with us and catch us on the waves every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on 89.5 FM WSOU. Until next time, thank you.